thing as a society, as a group of basketball fans, we owe a very big apology to a few people. Welcome to Her Sports Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey y'all, welcome back. Crazy to see you again. I hope you had a good week last week. I hope you have a good week this week. The madness is upon us and oh boy, oh boy, did we get a lot more than we deserve if I'm going to be completely honest. Now, I was, you know, about to sit down setting everything up and I was going over the amount of basketball games I've consumed not not talking about the tournament games, the, you know, conference tournament games, because I watched a whole lot of those too. But just between Wednesday, because I watched that Notre Dame first four game, and um, Monday, like the amount of games that I have consumed is quite concerning for most people. And I also probably should be concerned because it's somewhere in the like 80 to something range because, you know, both sides had round of 64 and 32 And I'm not about to sit up here and pretend like I watched every single game from both sides. That's just not the life I live. But it was a lot. And a lot of things happened. Now, I plan, plan is the key word, to break this down between the men's and the women's. But knowing me, I'm going to end up going back and forth because that's just how my mind works. But I do have one very, very important overarching theme that goes to say, about this tournament in general men's and women's march madness free throws are hard but just because they're hard doesn't mean they're less important we all know once you get into the ncaa tournament what you did during the season your points your average points per game assists rebounds blocks free throws don't matter anymore because when the eyes of march are upon you you're flipping out which is understandable you got 95 camera angles looking at you you're on four different tv channels everyone and their grandma who didn't even know you existed two days ago now you're on national broadband television holly Rowe, um gus johnson wait not just gus gus johnson does not cover ACW tournament avery johnson is over here talking about your whole life story so like i understand that you're being put in very tough situations but on top of that You know, it literally was the difference in so many games from UCF and Belmont on the women's side to Illinois to so many teams either won or almost lost because of the free throws and they're hard. And I, again, I am on your side. I am on your side. I'm on your team. We're on the same team here. They're hard on a regular day, but they become even more hard in March. And talking about absolute mess, y'all know I'm not one to side with and or against a ref, but the things in which we saw occur, specifically in the round of 32 on the men's side, was actually insane. Actually insane, you guys. As between the Baylor-UNC game, the TCU-Arizona game, the I literally could go on and on about almost every single one of the games that occurred. In the round 32 for the men. The officials really turned the game around. They turned the game around in so many ways. But specifically, looking at you officials at the Arizona TCU game, if for some reason you were up in the middle of the night like I was, you know, crazy on basketball, you know Mike 
James. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Mike James. Mike Miles. That is his name. Mike Miles from TCU. He was fouled on that very last play they were trying to get off um, at halftime. He was fouled. That's why the ball went in the backcourt. That's why Benedict tried to dunk it. Like, it, we get it. We understand. Oh, no, that wasn't Benedict. That was the other guy. But still, that was a foul. And I know it's close to the end of the game. You don't want to decide how the game's going to go. But literally, this man got trucked. Trucked into the wall. And the ref was like, it's okay. We're fine. Play on. Go ahead. Nothing wrong here. <laughs> like, come on, you guys. Like, absolutely bonkers. But I remember the wildest part about all this is that if you were watching, you know, they had Gene Testastora, whatever his name is. They had him up there and he was, he would always make a call, you know. And then when they would go review it, they would call him in. And then when they came back with what they said, he would just be like, oh, yeah, 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 that's the right one. So, like, sir, which one is it? Are they making the right call? Are you, like, I don't, they're phoning you in so they can be like, hey, was that right or was that wrong? And you're just flipping your size, whatever fits you best at that moment. Like, come on, my guy. Come on. That's just not right. So, that's what I felt was also kind of weird about that whole situation that was going on. Because he was just flipping flopping. Like, boy, or I know it was close to summer, but it ain't summer. So, put your flip flops away, baby. I have to give my favorite player of the men's tournament so far to Mr. Teddy Allen from New Mexico State. Even though his team did not make it past the first weekend, they made it past the first round. And he made an impact on my tournament experience. As I definitely have to say, and you can agree or disagree with me, I truly don't care. He literally was my favorite player the first weekend like yes Jaden Ivan Jaden Ivan Jaden Ivy honorable mentions the entire St. Peter's team honorable mentions but the one who's gonna stick for a while for me is Mr. Teddy Allen from New Mexico State as this man was running up and down the court he's over here balking at people in the middle of the basketball game like the other team is dribbling the ball of court like did not care he was like I'm the best we're the best and we're going to win. Now, did they go out kind of sad in the round of 32? Yes. But are we going to harp on that? No. The second person behind that, I definitely do have to give from the homie from um, TCU. Oh, gosh. What's his name? Y'all know who I'm talking about. The guy who came in at the end of the game and was like hollering and screaming and wolfing like a dog. Like he really kept TCU in that game for the entirety of the overtime until, you know, it started to get a little crazy and they forgot to box out. And other than that, it was absolutely insane. And those are my two favorite players from the first week. Something else that really stood out to me during this tournament, specifically the first two weeks, and I do have to say on both the men's and the women's side, because the committee really doesn't like mid-majors. Because in what scenario would we have Murray State and San Francisco playing each other in the round of 64? That's ridiculous. Both those teams had every right to make it to Sunday or Saturday. Both those teams probably had a good chance to make it to the Sweet 16 if they weren't, you know, matched up there together. Committee, why do we hate mid-majors? And on the other side, you had Florida Gulf Coast as a 12th seed? Get out of here. Get out of here. That's why those girls ran up in the court. Now, did they make it past the round of 32? No. But we really got to start reevaluating, as I mentioned last week, like the teams who are winning their conferences, one should not be in the first four. 
I said what I said and I meant what I said. If you won your college tournament, you have no business being in the first four. As well as just because, you know, they don't have a sexy SEC, Big Ten, ACC, whatever, across their jersey, give them the stature in which they deserve. As Murray State and San Francisco, again, had absolutely no business being out there. Like, you give the respect to Gonzaga, who plays in the West Coast Conference. Give the respect to the other people that play in their conference, as well as other people who play in conferences to their same stature as well. I think as a society... As a group of basketball fans, we owe a very big apology to a few people. If you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. First, we have Mr. Jawan Howard. We know why, as y'all need to give this man an apology. First, y'all are trying to kick him off the team for basically defending himself as this rando man came up and attacked him. Two... Y'all, after what, the first season, first two seasons, when he literally had a bunch of kids he did not know that he did not recruit on his team and he was just trying to make the best of the situations he had. And y'all kept saying they shouldn't have been in the tournament. And now here they are in the C16. Oh, this man, an apology. Second person we owe an apology to is Mr. Penny Hardaway. Now, I'm not going to stand up here on my soapbox and pretend like, what was going on at the beginning of the season was not absolutely bonkers at, in the city of Memphis, specifically in their college. But y'all were ready to kick this man to the wayside. Y'all were like, he's no good. He can figure out how to make a Monty Bates work. Blah, 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 blah. Again, some people had valid reasons. Again, none of us knew what was actually going on. But Penny managed to not only make a deep run and almost win the American Athletic Conference, but he managed to put those kids and scrap them together to competitively almost, if they had about two to three more minutes in them of competitive basketball, they could have beat Gonzaga. They could have definitely beat Gonzaga, and I'll take that one all the way to the bank because they could have did it. They just ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. And what I really think could have happened was, again, Amani Bates went in, which I was kind of shocked when I saw that because I was like, I thought you weren't on the team anymore. But hey, what do I know? So I was shocked when I saw that. But yeah, we definitely owe Penny an apology. And the last person we owe an apology to, uh, well, not we, y'all, all those randos out there, y'all were real people on the internet, is Hubert Davis because like y'all are ready to throw this man out after the first five games of the season and this man's managed to take this team this week's team whatever happens this week to any one of these coaches again Penny Hardaway season is done obviously but Jawan and Hubert they've accomplished a whole lot more than they probably should have accomplished in their time so y'all go ahead write get your pens and papers out go ahead and write dear coach Howard dear coach Davis dear coach Hardaway Jr. it's, it's probably just Hardaway and um, start writing because you owe these men an apology because y'all are ready to burn them at the stake for no reason. Because, again, one thing that I feel like a lot of people get confused about college basketball is that, yes, as a coach, you have a lot of power. You know, you could choose who you want to burn. You could choose you. You make your team. It's like a DIY basketball team because that's what, you know, how you make a basketball team. And, you know. But you don't know how those pieces are going to work until you're trying to make the puzzle, baby. You don't know how the pieces are going to fit, how you think you might know. But until you're deep down, 10 toes in it, hands down, all up in here in it, 
you're not going to know what it's going to look like. But when it mattered the most, all three of these men managed to pull up their bootstraps and figure it out. But one thing out of all the things that happened in March, the one thing that I forgot that truly makes it so sad uh, is all the tears that I see on television. Now, you know, it's the highs and lows of March. It's the highs and lows of sport where there's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a loser. Blase, blase, blase. But when you see people like Kennedy Chandler just bawling their eyes out in 4K, doesn't that make you a little uncomfortable? Because it made me a little uncomfortable. Again, I don't do well with other people's emotions, specifically the emotion of tears. So maybe it's just me. But, like... I felt so bad for him. And I feel so bad for all of them. Like, the guy from Creighton, especially because he, like, hurt his knee because he went down, like, full set of feet. He said all knee. And the guys from TCU who were crying after the game, again, they had a reason to cry because the rest kind of played them. But I just completely forget about that all the time. Now, out of all these people who were crying this weekend, Kennedy probably had no reason to be crying because we all know this man is going to go get him a bag next year. But... I just really forgot. You know, you forget about the intensity and the emotion until you're right back dab in and every year. So, uh, to all those kids who never got quite got their one shining moment, like our good cheerleader at Indiana, who was able to grab that ball down, that segment was for you. On to the women's tournament. Now, if y'all aren't confused of, you know, you missed out last week, I get it, you're busy. But, I made a very strong statement about the men's and the women's tournament, how I didn't think there was going to be a lot of crazy shots, last-minute buzzer beaters, which, according to my calculations, there was no buzzer beaters yet, which is not good for this upcoming week. Because that just means there's going to be a whole lot of them. But, hey, if they're in my favor, I'm here for them. But um, I was right on that prediction that, you know, a lot of games, especially the ones where the higher seeds got beat or, you know, a com- really competitive lower seed got beat, it was not close. <laughs> like, it was just not close. Like, the games that you think somebody was going to just, it was going to be neck, neck, neck. At points of the game, it was neck, neck, neck. For example, on the women's side, you had Creighton and Iowa. They were neck, neck, neck for a little bit, and then Creighton went up, and then Iowa went up, and then Creighton said, okay, <laughs> let's put these girls down. On the men's side, you know, you had St. Peter's, Kentucky. St. Peter's went up. Did Kentucky? I don't think Kentucky technically ever went up. But they got a little bit closer and took it into overtime. But I just can't believe when I was right. Because y'all know I am so bad at predictions. But the fact that I got that right, I'm, I'm pretty proud. I'm pretty proud about it. But yeah, I just I just can't believe I got that right. But anyway, back to the women's tournament. Oregon out to Belmont. And personally, I'm mad at Belmont because I was really pulling for them after they beat Oregon, and even in the Oregon game, because very early on, approximately about, I don't know, 12 p.m. on Thursday afternoon, I gave up on both of my brackets, because truly, I like to see chaos. I cheer for chaos. Do I care about my bracket? Yes, no, maybe so. I'm like, oh, wow, I actually got something right, because again, very bad at making predictions. So personally, I just cheer for chaos in every game and so I was full on a Belmont whatever in the world their mascot is home girl ride or die call me Betty because I was right there me and Betty were right there together girl and so when they managed to not be Indiana was it Indiana I truly don't remember 
whoever they were playing and they managed not to win in the round of 32 I was personally upset I felt like it was a personal dig to me and my character for trying to back these women now again no shame to any ladies from Belmont y'all want to hop on the pod y'all want to hop on the main channel call me well DM me all those things because you're more than welcome but I was a little hurt I was a little hurt I really wanted it for y'all I really wanted it more for the chaos in the casualty which is college basketball our girl that used to be at Iowa but now is at Creighton she knew how to put a nail in the coffin that's how you do it you like what's more disrespectful than leaving a team that you join you know she said hey I'm at Iowa but there's greener grass on the other side I'm heading over to Creighton she said peace out to y'all then she's gonna come back for the tournament run the court on the first team they bet get that upset come when the whole entire gym is cheering against you and sis is going to walk up the court and splash she splashed it right on into the offseason and I mean how much more like come on girl gate like come on girl like pop your shoulders out and she was so casual when she did it too I'm like girl that's that's why you can leave your hand up there for a little bit you know you can pop a shoulder something like you don't get crazier than that but hey they do call it March Madness so you go girl much respect to y'all and Baylor in their game all I got to say is they weren't ready for Jackson State but Jackson State kind of fell apart there at the end again those last two three minutes in college basketball but specifically in this March Madness so far are very vital again in any game they're very vital but the little things from passing to free throws to just inbounding the ball are very important and so, you know, if you mess up on those little things, that's how you're going to end up losing games, which is exactly what happened in Jackson State. Again, I'm not mad. I'm just a little sad because I was cheering for the chaos. But little did I know the chaos was waiting for me one day later, which is exactly what happened to Baylor. They were not ready for South Dakota. South Dakota had their name and number and home address because those girls came out and they knew they had business to be done. And I think South Dakota can make a big run. They took out one of the biggest top contenders this season because they took out Smith. And, you know, we all know she was the baddest one on the court because she helped win the natty for Baylor with Kim Mulkey and Brittany Griner were up there, which is, wish you the best, Brittany, girl. They really doing you dirty up there in Russia, girl. Y'all, ooh, they doing her so bad. But anyway, like... She was a dog then on her freshman year when she had to step up. So she'd been a dog all this time. And the fact she had to go out like that, that really hurt me personally. But um, I think South Dakota can make a deep run. On the opposite hand of that, we do got to give credit to the teams that managed to pull it out. Because defense was absolutely insane on the women's side this uh, tournament so far. On men's, I have to say offense was pretty heavy. Um, but definitely defense was a strong factor. Now, at first, I was thinking, is it their defense or is it the other team just can't shoot? But I personally think that they're all the same because if you're playing good enough defense that they can't even make the wide open shots because they're afraid you're going to run over there and try to block it, sounds like good defense to me, dog. So, because what? Uh, South Carolina held Howard to four six points at halftime South Carolina held Miami to nine points at halftime you had South Dakota just it was like teams 
who are known for making big shots and getting in the paint and scoring points, just could not get the job done this weekend on the women's side. Y- UConn, they what they ended up the game with like what forty something points. When you seen UConn win a game with forty some points, like that's just not their kind of basketball. And so, I've always said this, and I've always believed it that if you want to see real basketball or old school basketball that they used to play in the NBA or even the men's side of college basketball, you should watch women's basketball, specifically college and WNBA, because they still play that, you know, the pick and roll, the high low game, like they still play that very traditional style of basketball where they work on the very, you know, techniques that you've worked on ever since the first day of your life, which I don't see that boring. I think it's good that that style of basketball still exists when you have whatever in the world they're doing over there on the men's side that style of defense really stopped a lot of good teams for example LSU now LSU I know I talked about um Jackson State with Baylor but you know they played LSU just stick with me y'all know what I'm talking about LSU wasn't ready for Jackson State and they for sure weren't ready for what was waiting for them on Monday as I just I like I was watching and I was so confused I was like did they not get the memo that like hey hey girl hey we're, we're supposed to be playing basketball right now like the tournament started girl it's the round of 32 answer the phone like I don't get it and Kim had on the nicest outfit I've seen her pop out in a minute in and they just had her up there wasting that outfit she was looking good and they just had her on national television 4k 900 cameras ESPN primetime just wasting a good old outfit like that y'all should be shay y'all should be real shay well that's all I got for this week's wrap-up of the first weekend of the men's and women's March Madness make sure to like comment rate subscribe wherever you decide to listen to your podcast today head on over to Instagram and follow at her sports convo to stay up to date on all things her sports convo make sure to check out the main channel where i post new videos every monday at 11 a.m eastern standard time as well as check out the podcast channel her sports convo podcast yep that sounds about right where i post podcast episodes 11 a.m every thursday and you can watch me talk to myself sometimes i have guests make sure you're tapped in second weekend starts now if you're not afraid that we're gonna have a weekend full of buzzer beaters you're not a true fan. If you're not cheering for chaos, specifically St. Peter's in South Dakota, then you're not a true fan of college basketball anyway. But as always, be safe, have fun, and don't be afraid to join the convo.